to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. All right, everybody. I know that CBD is a hot topic and rightfully so. There's a lot of misinformation surrounding CBD, but I tell you what, there's a lot of pretty amazing evidence for how amazing CBD can be for not only humans, but also for our pets. Uh, the ladies at Vet CS uh, were on the podcast recently. It was episode 148. Give it a listen. You will learn a lot. Um, but I use Vet CS products for me. I use Vet CS products for the dogs. And I tell you what, Tiva, as she ages, the CBD is just amazing for her arthritis. And Waylon greatly benefits from the CBD too. So if you've been considering CBD for you or for your pet, check out VetCS.com. And you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. If you are new around here, welcome. My name is Rachel R. Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I own and run a Good Feeling Dog Training, which is based in Denver, Colorado. You will hear me refer to Steph very often. Steph Folkman is uh, a Good Feeling Dog Training second trainer. She is amazing. Um, the link to her Instagram is in the show notes, so you can give her a follow if you want. But yeah, Steph and I are a team of Good Feeling Dog training and we specialize in reactive and aggressive dogs. So um, I'm really glad that you are all with us today. Um, I want to talk about using motion as a cue in today's episode. But before I jump into that, I have some pretty exciting stuff to talk about. So if you follow us over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, uh, you already saw that we relaunched the new website. So we've got a new website, new training options. It's beautiful. I am super proud of it. I did all of the work. Um, not all of the work, most of the work. Um, I have a lovely assistant, Jordan, and she helps me immensely, and Steph definitely helped me with the transition too. But yeah, so the new website is live. It's active. There's a link to that in the show notes if you want to give it a, a look, um, and you can figure out how to work with us if you need training help. Um, I am also super excited because we now have a free version of Reactive Redefined. You heard that right, a free version. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you've been considering Reactive Redefined, um, check out the the free course. Um, it's short, it's to the point, but I tell you what, we give you skills that you can go out and implement today to see some improvements in your reactive dog's behavior. The link to that is also in the show notes. You can check that out. Um, if you didn't already listen to the previous episode with Becca Sue of the Colorado Wolf and Wildlife Center, it is amazing. Give it a listen. Um, I've had the great delight of visiting the Colorado Wolf and Wildlife Center in person two times. I love their mission. They are amazing activists for wolves and they do some remarkable work um, as far as educating the public and uh, really enriching the lives of the animals in their care. So yeah, give that episode a listen. It's a really awesome one. Um, for all of you Pitbull Stories fans, guys, you're going to have to just give me a couple of weeks. I love producing Pitbull Stories, but I got to be honest, I'm a little busy right now. So Pitbull Stories is a little bit on the back burner, but I tell you what, as I connect with more amazing Pitbull owners, I will be sure to to um, invite them to record a 
conversation that I will share with you. So Pitbull Stories is on hold for now, but as I connect with more Pitbull people, I promise I will get you episodes as I can, but you can continue to expect a new Disorderly Dogs episode every single Friday. So let's talk about motion as a cue, shall we? So when I'm referring to motion, I'm talking about your motion. So what you're doing with your shoulders, the pace that you're walking, what you're doing with your arms. So motion is one of those things that I don't think we always consciously use, but I tell you what, our dogs are always observing us and paying attention to what we're doing with our motion. So if you have ever done agility with your dog, the dog's board of agility, you already know about motion as a cue. It's a huge element of agility and communicating to your dog where they need to be going. Um, I immensely enjoyed learning about my motion and all of those things, doing agility with the many dogs that have been in my life. So um, I want to share how motion as a cue is translatable to the average dog, you and your dog, how you can use it today. Um, so if you already understand motion as a cue, I think that this application, how I'm going to tell you to use it today is still going to be really, really helpful. So um, let's talk about some examples about our motion and how it's probably a cue to our dogs, whether we think it is or not. So um, if you have a hurting dog, <laughs> I really want you to pay careful observation of your dog's reaction to your motion because it is going to be much more exaggerated than the average dog. So hurting dogs, right, are genetically predisposed to being more attentive to motion, right, because that would help them and the livestock, um, whether that was sheep or cattle or whatever, you know, their original lineage and work was what they were bred for. But um, herding dogs are going to be much more attuned. So those of you who have herding dogs, I think you're going to see this a little bit more stark, stark than the average dog. But rest assured that every single dog, um, dog breed or mix of dog is going to be paying attention to motion as a cue. So I want you to really think about your shoulders, right? Where are your shoulders facing? Because it's very common that where your shoulders are facing, your dog is probably going to go that direction, okay? So really paying attention to what your shoulders are doing. Um, the shoulders are something that I don't think we're always conscious of, but if we can be a little bit more conscious, I think that we can be a little bit more inviting and in getting the outcomes we need from our dog. Um, something else I want you to think about when it comes to your emotion is the speed, right? The speed in which you are walking um, or the lack of speed in which you are walking. Um, and obviously the, the overall direction in which you are going, right? All of that's going to be really important. Um, do keep in mind that your arms, <laughs> your dogs are definitely paying attention to what your arms are doing, especially your hands if they're going to the treat pouch. So that motion, right? Your arm motion is also really an important cue. So um, I want to talk about some real life examples in which you could use motion as a cue. So I want to talk about leash walking first. So leash walking, if you have a blocky headed dog, is probably challenging. You all know that Waylon used to be a terrible leash puller. I just despised walking him. It was so miserable. Thankfully, these days, he's a total delight. Um, but I implemented a lot of these motion things as a cue on walks to get better leash skills. So I want to give you some ideas for that. So 
Something that I find to be really helpful for communicating to my dog with my motion as far as leash walking is concerned is what um, I call a rhythm change. A rhythm change meaning you go from one pace and kind of abruptly change that pace to get the desired outcome from the dog. So something that I very frequently do is when I'm out walking with my dogs, they just have the length of the leash, they're walking ahead of me. And if there's a little bit of tension in the leash, I have no qualms with that, we just keep walking. But if the dogs really start to pull, like there's more than just tension, they're like straining at the leash to get ahead, I will do a rhythm change, meaning I will greatly decrease the speed in which I am walking. And as soon as the dogs alleviate the tension in that leash, then I will resume walking the normal pace. So a rhythm change is something you can implement right away when you're out on your dog, um, out walking with your dog um, to get them to stop pulling so much. So remember, all of this is contingent on the dog is under, under threshold and capable of learning. If you have a reactive dog or a dog who's just totally overwhelmed by the world, it's there's going to be more things you need to do than just this motion. Um, but I think just for the average dog um, and for you wonderful dog guardians listening, that rhythm change is going to be super duper important. So this is something I implement almost every day on walks because Waylon gets just so pumped and he wants to just go one direction. And the thing that I love about the rhythm change is that it doesn't require anything else. I slow down a little bit. He alleviates the tension in the leash. We keep walking. So um, the motion as a cue, I'm not always reinforcing with food, right? Like in this circumstance, there's no food reinforcement whatsoever. And I'm actually not even doing any marking, right? I'm just letting the motion and the tension in the leash kind of speak for itself. And then when he alleviates the tension in the leash, I just keep resuming the pace in which I was going. Um, this is contingent on the dog actually wants to get ahead. So keep that in mind, right? Um, if your dog wants to get behind you, you may have to speed up your pace to get them out of there. So yeah, that's one example of using um, what's called a rhythm change, right, to get the dog to walk a little bit nicer on the leash. So um, I want to talk about getting your dog's attention. So this is just a general thing wherever you are, whenever you need your dog's attention. I really want you to think about using motion as a cue to get your dog's attention. So something I see happen all of the time is the dog is at the end of the leash or, you know, away from the owner and the owner is trying to get the dog's attention and they go to the dog and try and get in the dog's space. This works sometimes, but I don't advise it. What I always advise my clients to do, and I practice what I preach, is I try to invite my dog into my space if I need their attention. So say Waylon is at the end of the leash, he's staring at something, and I really need him to pay attention to me. What I'm going to do is take a few steps away from him and try and draw him into my space. So remember what I was talking about with the shoulders earlier. Dogs are paying attention to where our shoulders are facing, and if you want the dog to come to you and you walk towards them and your shoulders are facing forward, that's a pretty conflicting motion um, signal. So if you have lost your dog's attention, you need your dog's attention, I want you to think about walking a few steps away from your dog and inviting them into your space. When they come into your space, you can verbally praise, you can feed with food, just depending on the situation. But if you need your dog's attention, I really want you to think about using your motion, right? So move them away from the thing that they're distracted by and invite them into your space. This is something that I preach to my clients and I swear I practice what I preach and it yields really, really nice results. So that's another really applicable way to use your motion to get more attention from your dog when you need it. So I want to talk about some off-leash recall-y stuff um, for using motion as a cue. So something that I have done 
um, with my dogs is using the lack of motion to be the cue just to at least check in and see where I am. Um, when I say check in, that means just looking to see where I am. That doesn't necessarily mean coming directly to me, although they do that often. So when I'm out hiking with the dogs and they're off leash, I'm really always thinking about my motion. The same things that I was talking about with my shoulder, shoulders, the direction my shoulders are facing, the way that I'm moving. I'm always manipulating that on in an off leash setting to get what I need from the dogs. But I think it's important too to remember that what does the dog do when there's lack of motion? What does the dog do when you stop, right? And I think that... Um, for every dog that you want to be off leash, I do think that it's important for them to at least pay attention to you if you do stop. Um, this works really well in like real life application because if we're out hiking and I need to stop and take a break or get the dog some water or get some more cookies out or do whatever I need to do, the dogs understand that I have stopped. That is their cue to also stop. Um, as many of you know, Tiva is just kind of a unicorn angel and she just is easy. But when I stop, she always just comes and checks in with me, right? She's like, okay, mom, what are we doing here? Waylon doesn't always come all the way back to me. But when I stop, Waylon takes that as an indicator that he can kind of just hang out and wait too. So that's how I'm using lack of motion as a cue to my dogs that, hey, we're stopping. I need you to stop and kind of hang out for a little bit. Um, this is something that I'm also using um, just out in the world, right? Like, I mean, picking up poop. Waylon used to be the worst when I went to pick up poop. He would be straining at the leash like, why are we stopping? I don't understand this. So um, the stopping and getting him just to kind of pay attention and wait for me a little bit has also been really helpful in that setting to a leash setting um, and, you know, the off-leash hiking setting. So um, I really want you to think about that, right? Stopping the lack of motion um, as being a cue for your dog just to kind of touch base and see where you are. Um, something else that I will do when I'm out in an off-leash setting as far as using my motion is concerned is if my dogs are going one direction and I don't want them to go that direction, I will literally turn and move the opposite direction. And I'm, I'm very often not saying anything at all. I don't want to have to recall them. I just want them to understand that, hey, I'm going this way and I need you to follow me. So I'm using just literally walking away as a directional cue for like, hey, I need you to come this general direction. When they come that direction, then maybe I'll turn around and go back on the path or whatever I was going. So um, I really want you to be cognizant and conscious of your motion and what impact that has on your dog and their behavior. So just to recap, remember your shoulders pointing one direction, <laughs> uh, rhythm changes, stopping, um, all of those motion cues are going to be extremely relevant to your dog. So um, all you wonderful people who have herding dogs, like I said, I want you to pay extra special attention to this because I think your dogs are really going to read that nicely. So remember, if you need their attention, draw them into your space. Don't go into their space because that just sends conflicting messages. All right, you all, it is always um, such a pleasure. I love this podcast so much. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you for tuning in each week. Um, do me a favor. If you like this podcast and you haven't left a review over on Apple Podcasts, could you please? I'd really appreciate it. Uh, the more reviews, the more amazing dog guardians we can reach and give the information that can really improve the quality of their life and their dog's life. Um, if you like this episode, do me a favor, take a screenshot and tag me over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore in 
CO. If you have a reactive dog, be sure to check out the free reactive redefined mini course. The link to that is in the show notes. If you need help with your dog's behavior, we do virtual training. We do in-person training. So check out the website for more info on that. Everyone have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. And I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.